Hey, Wide Left Sports listeners, do I have an opportunity for you? The Billings American Legion is holding their annual Hall of Fame dinner Saturday, April 15th at the Doubletree Hotel here in Billings. And let me tell you, it is a great event. There's dinner guest speaker, which this year will be Bill Spaceman Lee, and a live auction. And the best part is every cent goes back to the boys and goes back to the Billings American Legion program. It is a great event that they hold yearly, and it is just a blast to go to. Tickets will be available soon, so be on the lookout at the Billings American Legion website. Again, that is April 15th at the Doubletree Hotel. Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today, I am joined by Billings American Legion Class of 2023 inductee, Gabe Lapito. How are you doing today? I'm good, Mitch. How are you? I'm doing really good. Really good. So what does it mean to you to be an inductee for the Billings American Legion? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, it's an honor anytime you get in any sort of hall of fame in my opinion i jokingly said like it's not cooperstown right but uh being someone who grew up born and raised here in billings uh i went to lots and lots and lots of american legion baseball games down at cobb field i live close to the field my brother would have played uh four years before me so i definitely um you know always wanted to play legion right like that was the that was the best baseball you could play in billings other than being a part of the mustangs and you had to be a pro to do that so uh to be you know, in the hall of fame and having some friends that, that I, I know, and even a coach, uh, it's an honor. There's a lot of great, great players uh, that are in that hall of fame. For sure. So, you know, Billings Legion as a whole is a very storied traditional program, but especially when you played the red side was really, really good. So what does it mean to you to be a part of that history for the red side? Yeah. Right. Like I still give, I mean, it's all started post four, right. I think it was, I don't know the full story, but Eddie Bain and like Billings American Legion baseball was really well known on a national level. I think even in the fifties and sixties and some of the players less roar of the sixties and, you know, you go back and obviously Dave McNally and, and Jeff Ballard. So, I mean, we knew that there was great players that came from Billings American Legion baseball. Um, yeah. There's lots of ebbs and flows. Um, I was lucky enough to get to play uh, for the Scarlets for three years. I think my first year, we split pretty close. I think we usually played seven or eight games, sometimes nine games against the, the, the other team, right? The blue. Um, and I think we split pretty close to, but my junior year and senior year, uh, we definitely did not lose to them. Uh, I think we were like 17 and oh, and we outscored them over a hundred runs to some, something like 15. So it was really a great experience to, to take your crosstown rival and make sure that you beat up on him pretty good when, you know, when for me, my junior and senior years. So yeah, that was great. For sure. So one thing I noticed when my brother was playing was as much as there was that rivalry, you were still friends with those guys. The minute that game was done, do you have those same kind of memories with, the, you know, with the Royals when you were playing? 
Yeah, uniquely enough, um, I grew up like really close to senior high, played in Big Sky Little League, went to Lewis and Clark Middle School. So, you know, I really was kind of planning to play for the Royals. My mom at the time was a teacher and I ended up, my brother and sister had gone to Central and I kind of decided that I did want to go to West High for some of the football and, and even baseball. And so, you know, I kind of went from being, you know, in that sort of blue to in the red um, and had guys on the team that I'd played all-stars with in little league for sure. I mean, absolutely. Uh, but that doesn't mean that like, I didn't really take a, a delight in kicking their butt as much as anybody, but yeah, I mean, we were ultimately, you know, you, 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 you played youth sports with these kids, you played, you know, you saw them at, at different events. Um, yeah. It usually was not quite what maybe folks make it out to be. For sure. So I noticed here in your bio, you played a season of high school baseball in Vegas. And that is, I feel like, at least for the West, one of the top places to go play baseball if you get the opportunity. So what was that experience like for you? Yeah, great question. I mean, it's pretty, we were pretty, that was pretty new to that time. I think you see a lot more of that happening. It was happening in the hockey world. A lot of my friends that were really good hockey players would leave in freshman and sophomore and go play like junior A or junior B somewhere. Um, my parents had some close friends um, down in Las Vegas that um, they would come play in the American Legion tournament. They were called the Las Vegas uh, Knights, I believe. Is they, they've come for a lot. I don't know if they come now, but they came to that kind of Goldsmith Gallery, you know, right at the end of June. And so that's where my parents would reconnect with these folks. And so they offered, and I had decided that I, I didn't want to play base uh, football my junior year. And, and I really, we didn't have high school baseball. It wasn't like illegal or against the rules because we didn't have it in our state. Right. And so ultimately I moved down there my, my junior year, lived with this family, um, the uh, Van Metrans, and I had a great experience. Bishop Gorman was the high school I went to, which is now a nationally well-known high school new campus and all that. Um, at the time I remember going down there, I just gotten done with my first year playing for the Scarlets playing second base. Adam Hounce was our shortstop. And like, you know, I, I at least was playing, I broke my foot about two thirds way through the season. And so I go down there healthy. And I just remember the head coach of the varsity team, like, you know, watched me for the first practice. Was like, well, you'll sure make JV. And I remember thinking, JV, like I'm a junior, you know? And so <laughs> it was hard school. It was definitely, you know, being 16, I was a young junior uh, living, at, you know, 20 minutes from high school. School started earlier there at like 7.50. You know, you get done at like 2.30, practice until 5 or 5.30, you know, drive across town, try to get your books done. Fortunately, school was one of those things that came, you know, easier for me. Uh, but it was intense. I got a lot better. I mean, we I, first time I ever took ground balls on pavement. Uh, I, I'd never seen one of these small circle mitts, but I got better. Uh, by the end of that season, I did play for the varsity team, and I started about, oh, half the games and uh, kind of beat out a senior at third base, actually, to, to play. And so I still in touch with Kenny White, the head coach there, and what a cool experience to see baseball uh, at a different level. When I showed up, the couple that was hosting me, their son, Jason Van Metren, was a sophomore at Stanford at the time. He was like a third or wow. fourth round pick at a high school, and he chose to go to Stanford. And so if you know like West Coast schools that are on like the quarter system, they start later, right? So they'd start like September 15th or 20th. And so I showed up like August 15th and every day for like the first three weeks, I would hit with him. Uh, they had a cage in their backyard. They were an affluent family that had that for their resources. And, and so for me to just like, I mean, it was baseball immersion to the, to the nth degree and uh, it was really fun. I mean, that's something I had wanted, but like we didn't have available here. 
Wow, that is so cool. So then you came back that summer and had one heck of a season with the Scarlets where you won a state championship. And one of the cool things I think about our Montana Alberta Legion is it crosses over countries, which I think is awesome. So <laughs> what was it like to one win a state championship, but then win it in Canada? Yeah, it's ironic. I mean, that you're winning this Montana state championship uh, in, in, in a different country, let alone. Um, but, you know, Lethbridge in, in medicine had it always been in the league when I would played. So they were a scrappy team. You know, they're just right above the border. I mean, it made sense. Obviously, it was a long way to go. Um, I remember my grandpa complaining about how far the drive was because uh, he wanted to watch the game. So I remember that. But yeah, it was, you know, ultimately where we played was was irrelevant. And, you know, we knew the teams we were playing and um, th that's any team's goal. I mean, we wanted to win state. We had uh, we had a good team. Um, you know, I, I'm still in touch with a lot of the team members from those days and thinking about John Hansen in center field and Travis Sherman in left and like Corey Johnson in right and Stinson was playing first and Tormachi was playing second and uh, Jordal caught and you know, I was playing shortstop and we just had we had a good team. Kyle McBride was a great pitcher like Trenton Ben. There's just there's so many guys on the team that contributed and that's why as cool as it is to get an individual award and you know I got lucky enough to play good in that state championship or state tournament and, and win an MVP um, I, I vividly remember the final game I remember I pitched the last three in the third innings I had only pitched like an inning um, that whole season coach Hatzel we would played Cody like a kind of a warm-up game before going to state and he's like I want you to pitch an inning I pitched a little bit my sophomore year because I broke my foot and came back and pitched in the state uh, tournament up in Butte um, I remember that. And so I hadn't pitched at all, but I could throw the baseball hard. So I pitched an inning and then the championship game, I think it was the bottom of the um, fifth inning, two outs. And he put me the ball and he's like, this is your game. And I remember that vividly. It was cool. That's awesome. So then I am looking at your bio here and you had the opportunity to go on and play collegiately. So when in your high school career, did that become a reality and what made you choose Creighton University is where you were going to go for college? Good question. Um, you know, I think I wanted to play division one sports. I, I played basketball, football, and baseball as a freshman at West. I dropped basketball, wanted to ski, um, but I played football my sophomore year. We won state. I was, you know, got to stand on the sidelines. I wasn't a big kid. I was actually really small. And so that's kind of what helped me decide with baseball. But I always felt like um, if I put in the time and effort, I had a good enough skill to be able to, um, you know, I, I wanted to play to division one school. I mean, I knew that the Lewis Clark States were out there and, you know, a college of Southern Idaho and, and some of these other, you know, great community college, junior colleges, uh, you know, NAI schools, but I wanted to go to a division one um, NCAA division one uh, school. So that, that's kind of where I set off. I think, you know, getting better in Las Vegas was great that, that really helped. I mean, I got to see some kids that were throwing the ball in the low nineties and going to be like top five round picks in the major league draft. And you didn't see that in high school in, in, in Montana. I mean, you know, right. somebody's throwing low to mid eighties, they were throwing hard. So, so ultimately I felt like I got a lot better there. When we won state, we went out to a regional in Yakima and there was a, a scout there that was just like scouting all the teams. And he came up to me after kind of, we did like sort of a run of 60 throw sort of a little, not so much tryout, but it was just, uh, you know, all the kids for, and he was like, hey, you know, have you been getting any looks? And he was a scouting director, Northwest scouting director. And 
he pretty much wrote my 60 time down. I think he'd taken a gun out and I don't know exactly how hard I threw it across the diamond, but you know, he liked the way I moved and the way I hit and how I played. And so I started getting some, some weird schools like North Alabama, uh, San Francisco, university of San Francisco. I remember I got a letter from Arizona state. Um, I wanted to go to Nebraska was kind of, was on my radar just cause that had been a school that, that, that I just knew they had a good baseball program. And, you know, um, ultimately, um, I had, so my senior year, I decided not to play football. I did not go back to Las Vegas as much as it was a great experience. I really did miss Montana, the hunting and fishing and all those things we get to do. So that fall, um, I would, you know, that summer I'd made some videos of myself. I remember shooting some videos in Pocatello, like at that time they're VHSs, but you're trying to get yourself on <laughs> film because no college coach is coming to Montana, right? Like there was right. more good players in one County in California or Arizona or Nevada, uh, or on one team than there was in the whole state of Montana. So they just knew that like, you know, not that there wasn't good players, but they just wasn't as many. And so, um, yeah, making videos, sending them out. And I remember I was playing fall baseball. I, I worked with Dave Iron to get out of high school. I was like second lunch. And so for my, cause I was a good student and I'd taken all these AP classes. I was like way ahead. I hadn't, you know, I'd gotten pretty much all A's. Um, they let me out of school at like one o'clock. And so I would drive to Bozeman two days a week and play big sky baseball uh, with Dewey. Um, I'd meet at the Bozeman Bucks stadium. I'd drive up there in my truck, get there at three practice with the team till five, five thirty, and then just drive back to Billings two days a week. And then I'd hunt or fish or do something fun the other three days a week. And we played in some tournaments. Um, I had a chance to go out and play with this Nebraska select team. My uncle had lived in Nebraska and knew the guy that was running it. So I just played a weekend with them to kind of be in front of the Nebraska coach. I told Creighton I was coming. Ed Service, uh, just, you know, he's the, at that time the infield coach, um, showed up. And after the game, he was like, gosh, I really like what I see. I'd like to offer you a scholarship. And that was October, November. I signed early signing period in November of 2000. Um, I worked to get an academic scholarship at Creighton too. That wasn't a full ride at the time. It eventually became that, but um, you know, I, I definitely knew that I wanted to, I took a couple of official visits. I did go out to university of, of San Francisco. Uh, I remember at the time I really wanted to go to Arizona state. That was like the highest on my list just because of the name and PAC 12. Right. Um, and there was a guy named Casey Lindsay from Billings who I'd kind of known. He went down there and pitched. Um, but they had this guy on their team named Dustin Pedroia, who was like a sophomore, and oh, yeah. really good player. And <laughs> I remember they were like, we want you to play second base, but we're for sure going to redshirt you. Turns out that the guy that was a freshman there that nobody knew about was a guy named Ian Kinsler. And both those dudes turned out to be pretty good players. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so I think I made the right decision to go to Creighton. I, I went there just cause I also knew that it was great education, right? Like I would, I knew that I didn't ever think I wanted to play division one baseball and I felt like, Hey, maybe pro I'd have a shot at, but in no way, shape or form did I think I was going to be the next major league baseball player and figured I'd make a gainful employment with work. So I, you know, where I went to school and Creighton's a really great education school. For sure. Man, oh man. I mean, just thinking that you could have gone to the same school as Dustin Pedroia, Andy and Kinsler. That's crazy. Well, I'm not putting my, I'm not putting myself in that category, but I just remember those were the guys that were there that would have been ahead of me. Oh, that's crazy. Still, yeah. even so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. looking at the um, progression of your career at Creighton, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of seems like you grew with the program. As you were yeah, going so, there, it seemed like you progressively got better and the program. Yeah. So yeah, Creighton had been in the college world series in 91. Uh, they had made the NCAA tournament in 99. I mean, they were finishing top 50 every year, a lot of times in the top 25, 
I showed up in 2001 and I split time with another, he's a big recruit. His name is Mike Sirianni out of Indianola, Iowa. And we started at shortstop. Uh, both of us, we did flip back and forth. Um, and then about 15 or 20 games into the season, um, coach was like, man, like we think you guys are doing fine, but we need a leader there. So they took our third baseman and put him at short. His name was Scott Allen. And then we just kind of flip-flopped to third base that freshman year. We won, uh, you know, we won more games than we lost, but we weren't great. Um, I remember just being like, ah, you know, like we just came off winning state and should have maybe won it when we were seniors. And, and yet, like, you know, here we are, maybe third or fourth in the Missouri Valley Conference. My sophomore year was kind of the low point of college. I, I, for me personally, they brought in after our freshman year. I mean, I'd hit a little bit better than this Mike Sirianni, but he was probably a little bit better shortstop defender. And so they kind of gave him that position, and they brought in a junior college transfer to play third base. So he's a year older than I was. I was kind of pissed off about that, a little fire under my butt for sure. Sophomore year, I really worked hard. Um, got the starting nod. First game, went down to Texas A&M. I remember um, we didn't play well as a team, but I hit like 600 and was the only all-tournament team player. Wow. We played TCU, uh, Texas A&M, UCLA, and I think it was like uh, UC Santa Barbara or something. And we, like I said, we got killed, but like I kind of established myself. And so sophomore year was a really great year for me until I shattered my middle finger. I got a baseball off the tip of it oh, uh, playing really? in Lincoln at Haymarket Park. Yeah. I didn't know it for two weeks. I ended up going two for 18 and 0 for 18. And my season hitting was like 281, but I was hitting like 340, hitting second in the lineup, playing third base, our shortstop that, that they had kind of given the the nod to uh, ended up kind of going through like the Chuck Knobloch syndrome is what I call it, but he like couldn't throw from short to first. And so I ended up playing shortstop uh, pretty much the rest of my sophomore year. So I started at third and then moved, but we lost more games than we won for the only time in my career, right? All the way back to like little league and playing in big sky, little league and then Cardinals. And like, I never was on a team that lost more games. Than we won. Our coach ended up getting fired. His name was Jack Dom. Um, I think he went over to Iowa and I got a call from the AD that summer. I was playing summer baseball up in the Northwoods league in um, Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. And I got a call from Bruce Rasmussen who just retired as Creighton's AD after 25, 30 years. And he just asked me what I thought. Um, I was one of three or four players he called as a core group. And I told him, I'm like, Ed service is not your best fundraiser. Uh, He may not be the best when it comes to like glad handing all the, the, all the boosters and donors, but that guy knows baseball. And he essentially had been our head coach at least for an infielder because that's what he coached. And so he ended up getting the job um, my sophomore year or my junior year. And yeah, from there we won the next year, we won the first conference championship in school history, even though Creighton had won and gone to the college world series in 1991, Wichita state was always just like the dominant program in the Missouri Valley. I mean, Gene Stevenson and I mean, Randy Walter, who I know well and was chatting with the other day. I mean, he, an inductee last year, right? Like yeah. he and I played against each other. He was a junior. I was a freshman um, at Wichita. Right. And so, but we won um, my senior year, we won the regular season. I got this really awesome ring that sits on my desk. Uh, it, I'm going to have to do this for my kids, but it's That's great. Awesome. Blue Jays and, and <laughs> right on the side, we were 48 and 17 that year. And uh, yeah, we finished uh, 12th in the country. We didn't make the college world series, which is a big bummer, but yeah, I mean, that 2005 team, I, you know, coach service who I spoke with, um, you know, recently, cause their season starting. I mean, he's still head coach. He's the all time winningest coach there. I jokingly send him his first lineup where I was a DH funny enough, my junior <laughs> year, uh, I started the season. We played air force Academy. So I had somebody sent it to me. 
And yeah, he's the winningest coach in Creighton's history. And, and, you know, they won the regular season as well as the conference uh, championship in 2007 and really had a, a great run there. Of course, you know, Creighton made the decision to move to the Big East, I don't know how many years ago, which was great for the university and great for college basketball, which is, but it sucks for baseball, in my opinion, because it's just not nearly as good of a conference, the Big East, as the Missouri Valley was. I mean, Southwest Missouri State, when I was there, went to the CWS. A lot of times we'd have one automatic berth and maybe two uh, at large, maybe even three. I mean, it was definitely the fifth best conference, right? When you think of SEC, you had the Pac-12, um, you had the ACC, um, and then there was usually one more in there, and then, you know, Creighton or, or uh, the Missouri Valley. So it was a strong conference. Um, but yeah, it was great. It was a great experience to to, to get to win um, a conference championship, get a ring, uh, go to the NCAA regionals, um, beat NC State, beat University of Illinois Chicago, right? Beat some good teams for sure. Wow. That's awesome. So my next question kind of answers itself in your number in high school. And it's not really quite, well, I guess it is, but what made you ad admire Derek Jeter so much? I mean, you chose to wear his number in high school. What made you love Derek Jeter so much? Yeah, it's interesting. I think my, my you know, interest in him as a player actually grew over time. Because, you know, when I would have been younger, he wasn't, he wasn't quite the captain yet, right? Like, he was good, and he was playing for the Yankees, but he wasn't 20. I mean, I, a lot of his championships he won when I was in college and even after. Um, I just like the way he played. He, he seemed like a gentleman at all time. He had enough. Like, I think there's a real fine line between swagger and cockiness. Um, I think you need a little bit of swagger. You need a little, you need a little, like we're the best and that's the way it's going to be. But you also don't want to like rub it in someone's face. And, 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 and I just liked, I, you know, obviously he was in a real public market. He was sort of a golden star from the start, a high re recruited player that, you know, really kind of lived up to those expectations and, and, and more. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, Deuce, that was what I mean, it's funny because John Hansen was tenor. I, Corey Johnson was niner and I was Deuce. Like, well, that's just what we call each other to this day. It's still what we call each other when we text back and forth. Um, yeah, I, I, I yeah, that, there was nothing specific to be real frank with you. So one of my, probably my favorite shortstop coming up was Omar Vizquel, right? Like yeah. I just loved him for the Indians. Um, and I always, but Derek Jeter, yeah, just a, just kind of a gentleman in every way and a, and a really great ball player and did it right and played hard. For sure. I'm excited to see him on Fox Sports this year. Yeah, right. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> For sure. Him and A-Rod and um, David yeah. Ortiz will be a great team. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So what is the best advice that you've gotten from any coach your entire playing career? Best advice I got any coach my entire career. Um, I'm going to do three just because it wouldn't be fair if I just did one. I think my <laughs> little league coach was a guy named Jody Desson, who I still see. And I remember my first couple, I think it might've been my first game at majors. We lost eight to seven. And I remember crying on the bench and he looked at me and he said, don't ever lose that. Always care. So I remember thinking like, I'm always going to care because it hurt. Like we lost. I mean, you know, I don't, I remember we played it at Rose park and then Paul Hatzel was my high school coach for three years. Um, and he he may not have been the best technical baseball coach that I ever had, but he knew how to he knew how to be a leader and, and, and lead us. And at times he he was able to help us walk that fine line, be, be like mentally between like we're the best team here and we're going to go out and just prove it. Like that's the job. Um, and so just being strong mentally, and then 
my my coach in college, Ed Service, um, he was talking about if you're not passionate about baseball, he didn't want us on the team. He's like, you you show me guys, 25 guys that are passionate about the sport of baseball, and I'll show you a team that I can win with. And so just understanding like the daily grind that came with that sport and you did it because you loved it and you loved the sport, not because you were forced to or you had a scholarship too. And so just finding things in life you're passionate about. And if you can pursue that, uh, it kind of went beyond baseball and later in life, but finding things in life you're passionate about, if you can pursue that, irrespective of what it, what it pays you. I mean, you want to be able to provide for your family for sure. But like, if you're doing a job you really hate, it, it won't be a quality life well lived. And so I learned that from him. For sure. I really love what your little league coach said about you caring about the game and the tears being okay, because so many times when you're growing up, you hear there's no crying in baseball, there's no crying in sports, but you're exactly right. If you care, you're going to show emotion. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I hate to lose. You know, you don't want to, you know, I mean, you know, it doesn't mean you got to cry every time you lose, but you can't ever be comfortable with like getting used to losing for sure. For sure. So what is something you are going to tell your three kids about your time playing? Yeah. Um, well, I've probably already told them it. Uh, my, my son, Rhett's 12. My daughter, Avin, is nine. And my other daughter, Emery, is six. And, you know, I've gotten to coach with a college or a high school teammate of mine, Travis Sherman, in the Boulder. I had Little League. I, I'm his assistant. And that's where I ran into Randy again. And sports is about leadership and teamwork um certainly this is an honor to to get it to get in the hall of fame but like it's not about me um it's about the team and it's about the teamwork and it's about um how you come together as a team and ultimately that carries forward in life whether it be the business i work in now with a group of seven or eight or it be the um experiences i had at, at a you know previous job some 15 16 years ago you have to learn how to get along with different people uh everybody has their role uh, not everybody pitches, not everybody plays center field, not everybody catches, then it's okay. Um, but you have a position to play and you, you need to play that position to the best of your ability. Um, but be a good teammate and, and how to work hard and that work working hard, uh, does produce results. Those are things that I want my kids to know about my, my playing career. You know, I was, I think there was two kids my, my year that went to division one school, Will Thompson out of uh, Missoula went to Arizona. And myself, and I worked really hard for that. I mean, I, I left my family at 16 and, and moved down there uh, to Las Vegas and went to Bitchcorn High School. And, 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 you know, for me, that was way harder than my freshman year of college because I was the only one doing it. Everybody else is still at home. I was doing my own. Life. But it, a lot of hard work paid off for me, and I'm grateful for that. <clears throat> it doesn't always, but in my case, it did. And I told my kids to know that. Well, that's awesome, Gabe. Hey, I want to thank you so much for your time this morning and congrats on being a. 2023 Billings American Legion Hall of Famer. That's awesome. Thanks, Mitch. And thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for doing this show. And yeah, I look forward to a few weeks. I guess it's a couple months out. And um, yeah, just getting to celebrate that with people that I love. For sure. Well, thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Yeah, thanks, Mitch. Hey guys, Mitch here with Wide Left Sports, and do I have a company I would love to highlight for you. It's called Big Sky Customs. They make lifelike figurines of your playing days, which I think is awesome because every single person, once they're done with their playing days, they miss it. And um, how cool would it be to have a lifelike figurine to commemorate that? And I mean, 
Rob goes down to the very minute details about it. It's awesome. And the best part is it's out of Montana. Um, so yeah, if you want to get one ordered, just go to his Facebook page, Big Sky Customs, and start a conversation with him about it. And hopefully you enjoy your lifelike figurine from Big Sky Customs. <laughs>